Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. All right, Trisha's here, and she's being a real jerk good already. Good morning. Man, good morning. <laughs> thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is always a true pleasure. Really, really appreciate it. Did you do anything fun over the holiday? I watched three rom-coms in a row back-to-back. Why? Because is that fun? I needed a pick-me-up, and I needed that level of escapism that is just enough indulgent and... Just completely rewarding. Are you talking about rom-coms that are like really well-known ones? Are you talking about watching the crap? The new ones that are kind of, I mean, they're geared for teenage girls. They're silly. Okay. Why are all Christmas movies crap now? There used to be some decent ones. Now, if you look. People love the Christmas Chronicles. Do you like that? No, I don't know what that is. Yeah, you do with uh, Kurt Russell plays Santa Claus. Oh, I've never heard of this. It's like uh, Captain Ron. Is that what you're talking about? It's their generation's the Santa Claus, but the first one, the one that was good, not the other ones. Wait a minute. So Kurt Russell plays Mm -hmm. Santa Claus in the Christmas Chronicles. Yes. And there's multiple movies. Yes. And I've never heard of this. And you have children who I think are missing out. Are they kids movies? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. I got to check this out. Tell your I children just, they're welcome. I hate Christmas rom-coms. Oh, well, they're, rom-coms in general are terrible. That's the, the nature of a rom-com. But some of them have some sort of endearing quality to them. The cheap ones are so horrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I and I admit that I like sci-fi and that sometimes I'm watching sci-fi just because there is nothing on and it's bad, but I still don't know what's going to happen a lot. When I watch a rom-com, I can tell you beat by beat exactly what's going to happen that's, to every single one of these characters. That's the indulgent, comforting, like, yeah, nature of it. That's exactly what I needed to do this this past weekend, yeah. the holiday weekend, and it was it was great. It was a delight. It was so the best thing that's happened in a long time. The reason I asked you that is just to see if you had traveled at all, which mm. apparently you didn't. From my couch to my kitchen to put the pizza in. Well, that's, going like back to my weekend. couch. Yeah. It was excellent. That sounds pretty good. Uh, did you realize how many flights have been canceled in the last couple of weeks? No. I Unless I'm traveling, which is almost never, I see the headlines and I go, eh. 
Yeah, me too. You know, because it, it happens so often. I think I noticed because just at the beginning of June, I drove to South Dakota, which is a long drive, and we decided deliberately we were going to take a road trip instead of flying, partially because back in January or whenever we were planning it, I was looking at flights to South Dakota. Surprise, surprise, no big airports in South Dakota. So if <laughs> Really? You're, yeah, have thunk. If you're flying with five people, it was going to be pretty pricey. And so we decided, well, if we're going to do it, let's do a, an actual road trip. Never done it that long with the family before. I didn't know how it was going to be because we got three fairly young kids. Loved it. Loved the road trip. But then record high gas prices. <laughs> and we actually went right at the peak because it has come down a little bit since then. So bad timing on that part. But we did avoid the worst airport and airline closures that I think we've seen in in quite a few years over these I last do, couple weeks. I did have family stranded at the airport. Not stranded necessarily, but they were leaving to go to the Dominican. And I think they were supposed to leave at 5 in the morning. They didn't leave till almost 5 at night. It was just like a long airport day. So there was delays. And I just got, I'm going to Vegas in September. I just got a notice of flight change. I did too. Are you flying Southwest? No, I'm flying, not Frontier, the other one. United. Uh-huh. Yeah, the other one. It's only, there's only three. So, <laughs> No, that's actually why I brought this up is because right before we walked in the studio, I got the same notification. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is affecting me now. Yep. And I'm not a flying until uh, late September, October. But even That's exactly then, when I'm flying. And that's what happened to me. Really? Today. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like. That weekend, that, mm-hmm. that long weekend. I guess we're going to be gone the same weekend. Yeah, so my flight that is changing is Saturday, October 1st. Okay, me too. So the day before and then mm-hmm. that Monday. So it, But it wasn't real. I saw the headlines too, but it wasn't real to me until I started seeing people I know affected. It was like, it's just like all other stories. You see the headline, you're like, oh, that's a news thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, oh, that's somebody I know. It's happening too. Then it's real. Like if something happens in St. Louis, David Dorn, for instance, he saw the crime and then all of a sudden it's happening here and you're like, ooh, it feels very personal. Yeah. Yeah. With the with the flight cancellations, are these any different than any other time that there are massive flight delays, cancellations, upsets at the airport? What are they fueled by or? Well, the speculation is that these are fueled by a combination of things, which is why it's concerning because normally, well, you got one problem, you get one solution, you can fix it. But if with, with this one, it's fuel prices. They're trying to consolidate as many flights as they can to save money because they're losing money if they don't have very full flights right now, especially if you bought your tickets a while ago because they're not going to change your price. So the price of fuel has gone up since then. Uh, that's one problem. And then the staffing shortage that everybody's having, but they're having it kind of double because some airlines did still go through with the vaccine mandate. And if you recall, that was one of the industries that fought the hardest against those, the pilots. Well, the pilots have then, and staff have gone on strike, sometimes against random things that have nothing to do with anything, like just working conditions and stuff like that. But then there have been some strikes that have uh, have said government overreach, we're not getting vaccines and stuff like that. Or at least we maybe we would get a vaccine if you didn't make me get one, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So it's a number of things. And um, supply lines, I think... This doesn't necessarily affect commercial flights, but flights in general have had issues with the supply chain issue, you know, shortages because they they fly goods a lot. Sure. Well, then that the price of that's gone up. So I think it's a whole lot of things all at the same time, and that's the problem is that you look at this stuff and you go, uh, 
this is not going to be fixed soon, and it, or at least it doesn't look like it will. I personally feel like, and, and I say feel very deliberately when I say that, I feel like the worker shortage is just starting to get a little bit better. You do? I do. And I can't even tell you why. I just think that I'm seeing maybe bits of data here and there about unemployment and stuff. But the problem is if you go into a recession, there's going to be less people hiring. And then all of a sudden, uh, what does the landscape look like? Because if these companies still need people so bad, but then we go into a recession, do they just stop needing people? And then what happens to those people? What happens to those jobs? I don't know. It's a weird time. Is there any industry right now where people are that is flourishing, that is that has uh, an abundance of workers and goods and money? And like, I just feel like I, in my small social sampling that I usually do, every single industry that mm-hmm. you know that I know of that in my personal life is is seeing a lot of these effects and everybody's tensions are high. They're mm-hmm. overworked. People are underqualified, underpaid, you know, for different roles that they're in. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I hear a lot. We've got a bunch of new people. We've got a bunch of new people doing these jobs everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. And people's stress, stress level is at like yeah a thousand. Well, it's because in every job, I mean, every job across the board, whether it's something that gets a lot of attention or doesn't, you've had the sit your faithful employees have been leaned on heavier than ever for two plus years. And so those people are worn out. Tired. They're tired. They're tired tired of, depending on your job, some of them are just tired physically, depending on what you do. Some of them are just mentally exhausted. Mm -hmm. Or you're both. You know, if you're you're a restaurant manager, for instance, you're showing up and you're obviously doing way more shifts than you used to. And there's no end in sight. And so you're not even hopeful that it's going to change. And so those people are leaving their jobs they're trying to find other jobs and when when you see this kind of news it's a, it's a double-edged sword because you you see a recession coming and you go well shoot then I need to hang on to my job but there's so many available jobs even with a recession coming that it's it's an economy that makes no sense none and so industries I think the to answer your question industries that typically show no change have continued to show no change but they've they've stressed their workers out more than ever. No change as far as the market's concerned, yes. but as in a work environment. I think yeah. I'm thinking about from like a worker point of view or a business owner point of view. I, a guy in my neighborhood owns a bar up the road and he can't find somebody to bartend yeah. four nights a week. So he's owning and operating this business and he has to close it down every night. Yep. And it's a pretty busy place. And he needs one worker. He can't find one worker. Uh, you know, sad. And that's just one guy yeah. trying to keep one thing open. But I just know that I I haven't, I haven't, I haven't genuinely not talked to anybody in the past, I don't know, six months that said, yes, this rocks. We're well, killing it. I feel great. Let's get up and go. You know who's done really well <clears throat> is uh, real estate agents because the mm, price of houses point. has gone way up. But even those I know in that industry are now looking at the market and going, uh, we don't really know what's going to happen. Usually that's a pretty you know, pretty steady industry because people are always needing someplace to live and moving and stuff. But <laughs> that you've seen historic highs. And so naturally the commissions are higher too. So good, good time to be a real estate agent. But they're also looking ahead and going, I don't know. 
I, I don't know what well, this interest rates hold. are rising again. And therefore, the whole market might cool off, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean that you have nobody ever buying houses. It just means if you've been in a boom, you might be going into a relative bust. But I think that industry is kind of one that's fairly stable. Mm-hmm. So I, they have that's a to, you answer my question. Those that is an industry that has yeah. seen some prosperity. It's one of the few because mm-hmm. even as we conclude here, but um, there were a lot of industries that benefited tremendously from the shutdowns. Any tech company, <clears throat> whether you're an entertainment streaming network or your Zoom or anything like that, you saw massive growth in terms of the price of your stock, if you're publicly held, in terms of needing employees, in terms of what you're able to pay people, because you were just you were just flourishing. More people were buying your products. That's all over. And so you're seeing kind of the bust side of that. But then I don't know that what you're seeing replace it. Because normally if you have a, a boom on one, you got a bust on another. Mm-hmm. And then it switches. But I don't really know what's come along that's kind of said, no, actually now this is going up. Because you're right, like it's you're kind of going I don't know. It's so strange because there is there is the data that you can analyze and you're really good at laying that out, but then there's also the personal feelings involved and it is the weirdest time I've ever mm-hmm. experienced as an adult. I honestly think a lot of the data that even that I look at and you know real economists look at doesn't even make sense right now because what we saw was so artificial because we had a good economy and then we artificially chose to destroy it. And we could debate, I think you know where I would land on this spectrum, <laughs> we could debate whether or not that was worthwhile, but everybody, we have to agree that we had a good economy, we chose to end that good economy for what we said at the time was a greater good, mm-hmm. and then pump trillions of dollars into the economy to keep it afloat. So everything we're experiencing is so artificially driven that it's really hard to predict because it doesn't follow normal patterns. So I think that's probably why we're sitting here talking about this and going, I don't know. It's very confusing. It is. I feel it, fortunate to be able to do what we love to do, but I, I do too. It is a, it's a very confusing time. And that's one of the reasons in this instance I felt justified in using the word I feel mm-hmm. because a lot of the data, you just don't know. Truth. And we don't know what the next year is going to hold, although everybody's kind of bracing for the worst. We'll see what that looks like anyway. Uh, more Wiggins America. Trisha, thank you for joining us as usual. Thanks Always appreciate your contributions. More Wiggins America coming up. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, keep it here because I've teased this a little bit throughout the show, but I've done a bad job of doing it. Uh, Jim from Compass Pregnancy Centers is coming up next. He is based in Buffalo, New York, and New York just passed some laws that are not they're not just meant to protect abortion. If that's all they were, you'd say, well, we got a political fight on our hands, don't we? They're back at the states, and this is a blue state, and that's what they're trying to do. So we're going to have to convince people that you, you really do want at least some restrictions on abortions. If not entirely, then what about six months? You know, those are the conversations that you're supposed to be having in a democracy. Instead, what has happened is his, his pregnancy center got firebombed and the criminals are still at large. Nobody has investigated it and nobody's going to. And in fact, the governor of the state, Kathy Hochul, has said now, we're going to allocate $17 million into investigating you and all crisis pregnancy centers for medical misinformation. So we're going to let people firebomb you, and then we're going to investigate you. We're going to spend a whole bunch of money doing it to probably try to put you out of business because they care about women, right? It's all about protecting women. So stick around. That I'm really looking forward to that next here on Wiggins America. Uh, in the meantime, though... Wow, Wiggins America. Let's talk about Stranger Things. Yeah, weird diversion. I know, and it is a diversion because this is not that important, but it's something that I found kind of fascinating. Now, I'm not going to ruin this if you haven't seen Stranger Things. And if you are like, Ryan, why are you talking about this? Just know that I agree with you. It's worthless, but it's a fun show. And if you're caught up on it, one of the fan theories that's out there is grabbing my attention. I'm going to share it with you. It's not going to ruin anything if you haven't seen it yet. I guess it could be a spoiler, but I mean, you'd have to put a lot of puzzle pieces together to figure out even what the spoiler is. 
Because there's so much that happens that you're going to be like, I don't even know what he's talking about. So, real quick here, bear with me. If you've seen season four, the big question, well, one of the big questions going into season five, which is apparently going to be the last season, is who is Elle's mom, Eleven? Who's who's her mom? Who's her dad? Why does she exist? There, There's still no answers to those questions. Now, they've shown some brief flashbacks of her remembering her mom, and in those flashbacks... They're basically dragging the mom through the corridors of this lab and throwing her in a room and not treating her well. And she's yelling for 11. Um, and you know what would be interesting is to find out if you could tell what she's yelling. Because if she's yelling a name, that would be one thing. If she's yelling 11, like the number, which is what her name is, that would be more evidence of this. Um, so the theory is that number one, so you got one through 11, being the main character, it, number one was considered really the most powerful of all the numbers, and they knew the other ones weren't going to be anything. So they waited until he was of breeding age, like teenager, had him breed with a woman who was apparently this this screaming woman in the flashbacks uh, to create a super-powered little girl who they named number 11. And that's why she doesn't know who her dad is, or at least never they've never mentioned it. And she only has these vague memories of her mom because her mom was basically brought in to, to just breed a person. I find that very, very interesting. And see if it doesn't line up with your memories of the show. If you've seen it recently, <clears throat> that would make, you know, the big bad guy her dad. So a little bit on the nose with the whole uh, 11 I am your father reference there. But still, nonetheless, I think it really does fit, and I can't really find any holes to poke into it. So if you haven't seen it, uh, do what we're doing. Buy Netflix for a month and then cancel the subscription. We're doing that all over the place. We're doing that with Epics. We're doing that with HBO Max. I, I love it. And we got a Roku, and it may make it easier than ever to just purchase a month or a free trial if you don't have it. And then say end the free trial and it still lets you f- like fill out the full week or the month whatever the free trial is and then it just ends it for you and you never pay a dime that's pretty awesome <laughs> so that's all on roku though anyway let's talk about before we get to uh this interview next we got a little bit of time before he, we we talk to him let's go over all the supreme court stuff really quick i think i can do this in four minutes let's see if we can do this american media export wiggins america Roe versus Wade, of course, is going to be the headline that comes out of this session. But there are so many just huge, huge decisions that change the way that government or American life operates because of government that even without Roe versus Wade, this would have been one of the biggest sessions really in our lifetimes regardless. But this is now because of Roe versus Wade, absolutely the biggest one. But these decisions, we're talking about the New York gun law, again, not to relitigate all of them, but your gun law, the main um, school choice voucher law uh, decision that will affect generations beyond our own. You know, we're talking about Gen Z right now being the school generation. So that whatever the generation below Gen Z is, I don't know if we've named them yet, that generation is going to be dramatically impacted by that main decision and school vouchers. And all po- in positive ways for school choice, um, but and I'm, I'm leaving out so many of them too. I mean, like the praying pastor from Washington who uh, was fired because he was praying. All these things, huge, huge session. The EPA, of course, we just talked about. 
but remain in Mexico. So remain in Mexico was a policy from the Trump administration. It was, in a very, it was a very effective policy that the Biden administration, of course, has tried to overturn. Why have they tried to overturn it? Probably because it was effective. Because everything they have done, you've seen, has been to open the border as much as possible, basically illegally. I mean, they're, they're flouting our own national laws to do so, and you know that. But this law, or this uh, decision from the Supreme Court, again, was the right decision. They said that the courts could not force the president to hold the Remain in Mexico policy in place. Now, I hate that decision because I don't like the outcome of the, t- of the decision. We want Remain in Mexico to stay in place. It's one of the only things keeping the border from being completely. I mean, it, it's already so porous that you're like, why does it even exist? Other than because we now know we pay more taxes if you live in Texas than you do on the other side of the border. But uh, <laughs> that aside, <laughs> I tried to make a joke there and I'm like, eh, I don't even know if that really worked. <laughs> but, um, but if you're on this side of the border, you've seen, I mean, that's why Democrats on the border are voting for Republicans now is because Democrats at, in Washington have so let down the border. You know all that. I would love to see Remain in Mexico stay in place. The problem is, it's not really constitutional for the courts to do that. So they made the right decision here. That's the big difference. That is the difference between the way conservatives and leftists or liberals approach the court. They care all about the outcome. They don't really care how you get there. They just care if they win. We care about the way you get there because it determines not just what's happening now, but everything down the line. And there needs to be a good system. And guess what? This is a good system. The American system is very good. It's one of the things that has limited us from going down very dark paths, even worse than what we're facing now, quicker because of the limitations of power of government and the co-equal branches. That's what stopped this thing. This was the court run amok. This was activist courts, probably on the right, who had said, no, you need to keep Remain in Mexico in place. You can't do that. So this was the right decision by the Supreme Court. Again, bad outcome. Don't like that we're going to have an even worse situation at the border now. But that's up to the president. That is why he's there, is to enforce these things. And then you're going to have a Congress who's probably going to try to at least bring up charges or, or maybe even impeach him. And that's Congress's role to do. So, again, great session, really, really right outcomes, even, or I should say, right decisions, even when you don't like the outcomes. And I think they all should be highlighted. Wow, that's amazing. Wins, America. That is amazing. Like I said before, stick around because coming up next, Jim Halp. I almost said Jim Halpern from The Office. <laughs> Jim from Compass. Uh, I almost said Compass Retirement because they're an advertiser on 97.1. Jim from Compass Pregnancy Centers. There, I got it right. Good thing he's not on the phone yet. He'd be like, wait a minute. What the heck is this guy doing? He is coming up next. You're going to want to stick around for this. His pregnancy crisis center was firebombed by Jane Says or whatever that organization is. Jane something. Jane's Revenge. Something like that. Jane Says is a song by... Jane's Addiction. This is the worst intro I've ever done in my life. (laughs) We're just going to stick with it. Um, He is coming up next. So his organization was firebombed. The governor of New York 
then says, we're not even going to prosecute or investigate this Jane organization or anybody that would have firebombed your pregnancy center. We're going to investigate you. That's coming up next. Stick around, Wiggins America. one FM Talks. So we've been talking all morning about Roe versus Wade. I mean, we've been talking all for a month now about Roe versus Wade, or even longer since the Supreme Court leak started. But uh, in particular, been wanting to mention this Elizabeth Warren stuff. Now, I don't know if you've heard this. I talked about it a little bit earlier, but this clip from Elizabeth Warren is just shocking. Here it is. Here in Massachusetts, these so-called uh, crisis pregnancy centers outnumber genuine abortion clinics by three to one. They are giving it over to people who wish them harm. And that has to stop. We need to put a stop to that in Massachusetts right now. So that is Elizabeth Warren, of course, in Massachusetts, talking about stopping pregnancy crisis centers as if that's the problem in the United States or even the problem with Roe versus Wade, for that matter. New York has gone a step further and uh, has actually put some of these things into action. So we wanted to have Jim Harden on the phone with us this morning. He's the founder of Compass Care Pro-Life Counseling Centers in Buffalo, New York. So right at the center of everything. Everything, Jim, thanks for being here. That's an honor to be with you, Ryan. Thanks for having me. So uh, I'm sure that you have heard all about all this stuff going on in New York. As far as I, maybe you could even fill me in, because what I've read is that New York State has now allocated about $17 million to investigating crisis pregnancy centers. Is that going to affect you? Well, yes, it is already affecting us. We're 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 in the process of of, of talking with several legal teams to pursue all all of our state and federal options um, to protect our patients, to protect our donors, to protect our, our 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 staff from this nefarious investigation. I mean, you know, it's it's surreal. It's like a dystopian novel. We get firebombed by a domestic terrorist organization that takes responsibility for it on June seventh. Six days later, New York State Governor Hochul signs a bill not investigating the arsonists, but investigating pregnancy centers, the victims of the firebombing. And yeah, then, that, while, she's signing it, while she's signing it, she says, hey, these people are, are, are Neanderthals. That's incredible. That, that's, that is incredible. I mean, it, it really does feel like you're living in the upside down when this stuff's going on. And you, you've got to be more than even us. I mean, we're watching it happen. You're living it. So describe this. Uh, you, you've been in the news. You know, your, your pregnancy center was firebombed. Was anybody hurt? I mean, what's what's the initial impact of this? Yeah, well, the initial impact is, uh, thankfully, no one was hurt. Um, Jane's Revenge, as I said, did take responsibility. Catastrophic damage to the facility. It's unusable. We had to gut it and start over. Um, so the rebuilding process is currently underway. Um, we're, we're, we didn't stop services, though. We continue to serve. So Jane's Revenge said, hey, we want you to shut down. you got 30 days to shut down. And we didn't. And then they firebombed us. Um, and now they, they came out with additional threats saying that the next time it happens, it's not going to be so easily cleaned up as fire and graffiti, they said. Mm. And it's declared open season on pregnancy centers. That was Those are their words. Um, so this, this catastrophic damage, we're rebuilding. We're continuing to serve patients in an alternate location while we get the rebuild process done. Um, and, uh, you know, the morale is high that the staff are continuing to serve patients. We continue to serve patients even the day we were firebombed. We had to relocate and reallocate resources to our Rochester office so we can continue to serve patients here. Uh, that's where I am right now. I'm talking to you. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been quite a ride, and, um, but uh, we're, we're, we're soldiering on. 
Jim Harden is on the phone with us this morning. He's the founder of Compass Care Pro-Life Counseling Centers in Buffalo, New York, of course, like you said, but not right there right now. But um, let me ask you this. Just explain what it is that you do and why you apparently are such a threat to the government of New York. <laughs> well, um, what, what we do is, well, I'm going to just start with our mission. We're a Christ-centered agency. Threat number one, I guess. Yeah. Um, we're a Christ-centered agency dedicated to empowering men and women to erase the need for abortion by transforming their fear into confidence because it's the fear of the unknown that drives a woman to abortion. What are my parents going to say? What are my, what are my boyfriend, what's my boyfriend going to do? What about child care? What about health care? What about school? What about my career? It all hits her like a wave, and she's in fight-or-flight mode. She does not have the ability to say no to abortion. Her circumstances are coercing her. Our job is to come alongside of her and give her all the comprehensive community support and ethical medical care that she needs in order to empower her to say no to abortion. Not a same woman alive actually wants to have an abortion, but we come alongside her and give her all this for free. And, and uh, that, that gives her a vision of her future after having had a child and empowering her to say no to abortion. That takes a lot of work. And, and it's a commitment. And that's not what the abortionists do. They're, they're coming after us, the pro-abortion politicians in New York State, because we don't provide or refer for abortion. We do everything else, but we don't do that. And that's why they're coming against us. Yeah. And aren't all these people supposed to be pro-women? I mean, that's that seems like that's at the heart of what you do is being pro-woman. Oh, we, yes, you would think so. The, they are engaging in consumer fraud. They are reducing standards of medical care for women's reproductive health by, by their chemical abortions and by their refusal to, to own up to the, to the side effects of surgical abortion, both emotionally and physically. Um, we, we give women all the information about the risks and side effects of abortion. The, the, the abortionists won't do that. Um, chemical abortion now represents 50% or more of all abortions in America, and it has 400% more dangerous than surgical abortion. But they're not telling women that. What they're telling women is it's safer than Tylenol. That's what they're telling women. That's mm. consumer fraud. Mm. Is this, Jim? I hate to ask you this question because I, I, I want to, you know, be positive here, but I also want to know what's the reality. Do you think that any arrests are going to be made in this this vandalism and this firebombing that you've you've experienced? Or are they going to kind of brush this away? Ryan, I'd like to be able to say yes, and I hope my my hope is that they will. Seventy one attacks so far across America, not a single arrest. Seventy one attacks in two months, all targeting pro life organizations and people. Um, so, so the federal, the FBI is on it. Local police are on it. Not a single report from either of those agencies. Uh, no, no one's spoke, spoken up about it at the AG's office. I, I don't know what's going on. And I think my, and I've said this, but the people are owed an explanation. We need a status report. That's what we need. Um, if they're not going to make any, if they haven't made any arrests, uh, maybe they're, maybe they're doing some great things behind the scenes, but uh, we, we, would be nice to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, uh, obviously you're not getting state sponsored support. Where does your support at Compass Care Pro-Life Counseling Centers come from? All, all of our support comes from the generosity of the people of God in, 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 the, in the church. Quite frankly, this you know, Compass Care and all, most, most all pro-life pregnancy centers are basically the activity of the church, the people of God, simply doing the work, the hands and feet of Christ. We believe that all people are made in the image of God and deserving of blessing and protection from the womb to the tomb. Without partiality, both mother and child are equally valuable and therefore inviolable, not to be violated. And we believe that abortion is a violation of humanity, both the mother and the child.
Yeah, Jim, I from everybody from here to there, I, we're, we're not quite close to you, but I think we are in spirit anyway. We're praying for you. We're praying for those who are undergoing this persecution across the country. And uh, how do people connect with you if they just feel moved to do that this morning? Well, thank you. If, if, there, if people want to kind of follow this or follow Compass Care or support us somehow, you can go to erasingtheneed.com. Erasing, like the pencil, erasingtheneed.com. It's part of our mission statement. Erasingtheneed.com. Jim Harden, founder of Compass Care Pro-Life Counseling Centers. Thank you so much for your time this morning. And again, uh, best wishes and many prayers up to protect you guys in the coming season. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. All right. And more Wiggins America coming up. Stick around. garbage on the steps of Congress. I'm not garbage. I'm an amendment to be. Yes, an amendment to be. And I'm hoping that they'll ratify me. There's a lot of flag burners who have got too much freedom. I want to make it legal for policemen to beat them because there's limits to our liberties. At least I hope and pray that there are Cause those liberal freaks go too far. Why can't we just make a law against flag burning? Because that law would be unconstitutional. But if we change the Constitution... Then we could make all sorts of crazy laws. Now you're catching on. That's an amendment to be. A little bit of different version than I'm just a bill. That one actually came from The Simpsons. And at the time, they were making fun of conservatives, but oh, how times have changed. There are things in there that still sound like, yeah, they're probably fucking fun at both sides. Back then, it was just intended to make fun of conservatives. But the, the, the tables have turned, haven't they? Because a, a joke like that, it now lands completely differently. <laughs> and it's in syndication, so you can probably still see it. Hey, before we run out of time today, it's been a great morning, so thank you for being here. Even if you've just been here for a part of it, you can, of course, get the podcast at 971talk.com, or you can just type in Wiggins America. But how about this? Thousands of National Guard soldiers risk dismissal for going unvaccinated against COVID. Now, you'd think I was reading a story from six months ago or a year ago. You wouldn't like it then. This is brand new. This is still happening now. Thousands of National Guard soldiers risk dismissal for going unvaccinated against COVID right now. Why? Up to 40,000 Army National Guard soldiers across the country, or about 13% of the force, have not yet gotten the mandated COVID-19 vaccine. As the deadline for shots looms, at least 14,000 of them have flatly refused and could be forced out. Uh, Guard soldiers have until this coming Thursday to get the vaccine, according to data obtained by the Associated Press, between 20 to 30% of the Guard soldiers in six states are not vaccinated, and more than 10% in 43 other states still are unvaccinated. Guard leaders say they're doing all they can to encourage soldiers to get vaccinated by the time limit. And they said, well, they will work with the roughly, now here's another group, 7,000 who sought exemptions, mostly religious exemptions, and they're still trying to convince them. Now, here's the problem. The Supreme Court, as you recall, I think this was back in roughly March, that they delivered those opinions. Now, this session's been incredible, but that session was a mixed bag. I would say it was mostly wins because they stopped OSHA from enforcing the vaccine mandate. They said it was unconstitutional for a group to do that, just like they did with the EPA case, which we talked about. 
they said you don't have the authority to do that. Basically, Congress did not delegate that authority to you. That's the right decision because most of those branches of unelected government, these agencies, they're appointed by the president. They're not necessarily vetted through Congress. Congress has given broad brush strokes for these things to happen, but they haven't specifically delineated those responsibilities to all these organizations, these agencies. And so lawsuits that are making it to the Supreme Court anyway are winning. They're saying you don't have the authority. OSHA was one of those. However, the Supreme Court did rule that National Guard members, service members, and hospital workers, which really is outside the bounds. That was a bad decision. That was just a bad decision. Uh, But the service members, you know, they they serve at the pleasure of the president. That's constitutional. We're just being constitutional here. So if the president decides that they have to be vaccinated, then they have to be vaccinated. That's that's a rule. However, when the, the president is making stupid decisions, you can vote the president out. And that's what we're hoping happens, because this is a stupid decision. Thousands of National Guard soldiers are risking dismissal for going unvaccinated against COVID right now. Unbelievable. Can you believe that? The the arguments for this vaccine are so unreal and they're so unrealistic for people because they would say, especially in the midst of the Roe debate, my body, my choice. Well, the argument from a conservative standpoint is that if there's a baby, it's not your body. Your body is your body. That body is the baby's body. Those are different bodies. So the baby should have a choice in this too. And the same logic applies to the vaccine. So it's consistent. My body, my choice. You can't force me to get medicine. Well, you can force somebody who chose to go into the military to get that. But the again, the question is, why? Why are you forcing 40,000 troops to vacate their job, to be uh, dismissed? Is it because of ideological purity? Are they trying to get rid of those unvaxxers, even though they don't care about COVID anymore? Oh, I wonder. This is Wiggins America. We'll see you next week. At 971talk.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.